For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've waited. We're covering it today in what we'll call the entertainment section of the SPC Newsroom. I'm Remsen W. Martinez with Second Print Comics with the co-host of all co-hosts, the marvelous, miraculous Mr. Mark Clare. Mark, the folks have wanted to know what we've thought about Thor Love and Thunder because at least two people were really demanding our thoughts. So we thought we'd give it to them this Friday. Yeah, that's how we that's how we lay out our strategy of exactly what content we're going to cover. Did one or two people ask us this? Okay, then we'll do it. <laughs> Bam, it's done. Uh, yeah, we're men of the people. I like to think of the, the newsroom now as like a little newspaper. You know, some days you're going to get your uh, your your straight news section. Some days you're going to get your opinion column. Some days you're going to get your your entertainment, your movie reviews, and that's what we're going to do today. Looking at Thor: Love and Thunder. Remzo, before we get to Thor: Love and Thunder, have you watched any Miss Marvel yet? That's an irrelevant question. I'm just curious. That's an irrelevant question. Very relevant. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I, I'm oh, traveling. I see. That's all I want to get out of you. Because today, okay. there was a poll. This is, in the- this is set. This is set. <laughs> this is fake him. news. I ambushed him. It's the newsroom. Anything can happen. There was someone who posted a poll in our Second Print Comics fan zone, which you can enter if you are a patron of the show. Patreon.com slash Second Print Pod, where you get early access to every single episode, including all of these newsroom episodes, as well as bonus content like Remzo Rants, Remzo versus the MCU, What Mark Missed, A Case of the Runs, Movie reviews, you got my instant reaction to Thor Love and Thunder, my non-spoiler reaction, but today will be spoiler-filled. I don't even remember what I was talking about. I just got into the promo promo zone. Oh, yeah. I will watch Miss Marvel. The poll. Now, someone posted a poll. What was better, Obi-Wan or Miss Marvel? Remzo voted for Obi-Wan, and yet he's never seen Miss Marvel. I think that's interesting. I don't need to. No, I don't need to. Very, really hurting know. your credibility here, Remzo. That's all. That's all. I just, I, I am the avatar of all pop culture. I can tell where these things go without even having to really know. I can definitively say if if, if I had to wa- rewatch an entire series of either right now, will not take me one second to say Miss Marvel. Not even one second. It's not, it's not huh. even a hard decision. I'll put it that way. Wow. I'm not saying it's you an amazing not. show, but I, I definitely enjoyed watching it far more than Obi-Wan. Well, as Obi-Wan somebody who painful. did. Re- it felt like someone was trying to stab me in the eye, but like in a way they're like, but you remember, you remember you used to like being stabbed in the eye, didn't you? You used to like being stabbed in the eye. And I'm like, I did, I think, but I don't like this. That's how I felt watching Obi-Wan. It's like someone kicking your puppy. Well, somebody who had to do reviews of both series, which you can go ahead and listen to Mark cover both shows on the Patreon. Uh, I'll, I'll take your word on that, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to watch Miss Marvel. People thought I, I was I don't really boycotting Miss Marvel. I just don't want you to comment on it without. Watching. No, I, 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 I need, I need to, as a man of the people, as a, as a gladiator in the arena of pop culture opinion, I have to go ahead and watch it. People thought I boycotted the series. I didn't boycott the series. I just, just haven't prioritized I, I just, it. 
awesome. I just didn't prioritize it. And I, and I stated several times I was going to watch it when the whole season was complete because some things I feel like I am more inclined to finish it if I have all the episodes out. So um, I'll probably be watching it all, all since all six episodes are out within the next six days. I will be interested to hear your your open-minded opinion on the show because I my my well, you know, my feelings were laid out in the reviews. They, they are mixed, but um, I would say I had different feelings at the end than I thought I would have going in. Let's just put it that way. That's all. Well, that's that's all I'm going to say and about sp- that. And s- speaking of fair, we're a few weeks in. Is it a few weeks? Yeah, we're about we're we're, we're about three. a week and a half. Yeah. yeah, week three of uh, of Thor: Love and Thunder. You went ahead and gave a non-spoiler review. So today we're covering the spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film, uh, you should probably pause now Y'all because been we're, we're going to get into some shit. Consider we're this just jumping warning. straight into it. This is your spoiler warning. Spoilers will begin in three, two, two, one. James dead. <laughs> Hopefully you guys, yeah, I mean, that, you guys bounced before. I don't know. I don't know how that was. Uh, the, the biggest spoiler was that, you know, th- there was really nothing. Everything I thought was going to happen in this film basically kind of happened. There's not like I, I, I said, I, I said over in the in the fan zone that this was a mid tier Marvel movie and this is mid tier by Thor standards. And Thor historically has not had the best franchise amongst the other Marvel uh, MCU titles. So I don't hate it. I didn't like it excessively like some of the others, like Multiverse of Madness. But, you know, it was it it was there. I think um, I I think I think we all kind of overestimated Taiku Watiti's directing capability and they kind of let him run a little bit more loose on this. And I think Mm -hmm. that was kind of a mistake. Yeah, I think he, I guess, you know, he, they had so much success turning Thor into a comedy character, a largely comedy character, um, a comedy character who's still powerful and still taken seriously at the right moment, but uh, a comedy character nonetheless in Ragnarok. And uh, they really leaned to that, into that even more, especially in Endgame with Fat Thor, Gaming Thor, uh, all that stuff. And I think they they may have just leaned a little too hard here. I think that might be my, my biggest criticism. Uh, at the end of the day, if you if you just want to watch a fun movie and kind of turn your brain off and not think about the plot too much and just I mean, because it certainly is a fun movie. So this is definitely a movie you can go go with your family, the people that you love that don't overthink all of this stuff that don't don't have a basis for these stories in the comics to compare them to. They just are going to a fun movie. Your family will probably love this movie because uh, it's really fun. It hits on on, on all the comedic beats. Um, I, I really can't say I didn't laugh at most of the stuff that was meant to be funny. Um, the problem is that that doesn't make a great movie to me. That just makes a good time. You know, it make it makes for a, a nice evening, a nice, nice evening out, but it doesn't make for a long lasting relationship. And it felt to me that uh, maybe they hit a little too much success with the comedic uh, bent of say a Ragnarok. And like you said, just kind of let Taika Waititi go loose here. And I, I think, I think maybe you can go too loose because when something, when there's so much comedy and so much lightheartedness, and then we're trying to insert this extremely serious villain uh, who has lost his daughter and now had takes vengeance on the gods. I think that's my biggest criticism of this movie when it comes to gore. This is not really a criticism of Christian Bale. I think he probably did good enough as he could with the material given there. We were never really given a reason to take gore incredibly seriously. Really? All we saw him do that was violent was in the very first 
uh, in the cold open scene when you see him. And, and the, even this scene seemed like it was kind of comedy. You know, he's dying on this planet. Uh, we learn he was part of this religion. And then he goes into this garden where he sees his God. And this this seemed like a comedy scene, too. The God kind of seemed like a joke. He was fucking around. And then Gore takes the Necrosword, kills the God and, you know, becomes Gore, the God Butcher, presumably. The problem here is we go from that and and the next time we you know we hear about it we we just hear about this distress signal and we hear the gods are being killed we never really see or get to feel the gravity of the threat of gore the god butcher i really think we had to see him we we saw the we the only person we saw that had I mean, they show a quick montage and then sif returns and i i feel like they did sif dirty and sif's not even because... dead that's the other thing too the, the one time we saw someone that had interacted with gore they weren't dead. He didn't even do the job. So like if they had, if, if he had about? killed, if he had killed Sif, I would have been like, oh, okay, because I, you know, with, with Thor's supporting cast, other than his mother, and I'm not even going to count all the many deaths and undeaths of Loki, you know, the, the warriors three who had a prominent role in the first film, who were prominent in the second film, you barely even see their faces in Thor Ragnarok. And, Sif, other than an appearance after Thor the Dark World in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which may or may not be canon, and happen. then, yeah, my, 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 my brother's probably gone. A reminder, afterwards. it matters. A reminder, especially to Ryan Martinez, if we are to hit $500 a month on Patreon, I will watch and review the entire Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. series, and I will do it episode by episode, Ryan. So you, you, this can happen. You just got to shout The challenge has been declared. This is declared. a very specific Patreon pitch to one person. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, Sif appeared in a flashback in Loki and now she's back. Now, she's supposed to be she should have been on the level of Valkyrie in terms of screen time and prominence. And it's not a knock at Valkyrie. I, I think um, I, I think Valkyrie is awesome. I've loved her since Ragnarok. But she but Sif has just been really pushed aside. So to have her in this film really as a throwaway character to you know, take a dark scene and make it somewhat funny, I, I felt was a bit disingenuous. This makes me, you know what this made me miss? This made me miss, miss Kenneth Branagh. And a lot of people uh, attack the first Thor film for taking itself almost too seriously. But I almost feel like the, the criticisms of that film don't really hold up the farther Thor has gone into the uh the the mcu and, and, I and think if that thor took itself too seriously if that to whatever extent that criticism is valid then this one didn't take itself seriously enough i would say yeah because even even the stakes despite some some of the criticisms that people had of ragnarok even ragnarok the stuff that happened in there felt like it mattered whereas nothing in this film felt too much like it did and while you know jane dies she still comes back which is canon, which Wait, is, what? you know, found talking about she comes back. She well, I mean, she, she's movie. not. She, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, she dies, but she goes to Valhalla. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, it's not like she's gone. gone. And death. if we know, we'll probably see her as a force ghost in a, in a future Thor. Movie. It, 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 exactly. Like, you know, they're still in, in they're They're still in the game at some point. So, I mean, with with, uh, with your criticisms of Christian Bale as gore. It's not my I, criticism I, of Christian Bale as much as it's the writing of the character and what, and what we saw from him. And, and apparently the original yeah. cut of this was four hours and it got down to two twenty or whatever it is. So I'm, there might've been an hour of awesome gore shit that I just never got to see the, the cinematography, like the, the pic, like the photos and stuff we saw online, like those moments really pop out in the film, yeah. especially mm -hmm. when they, when they go into the, uh, 
I don't know what they call it, like the dark uh, hollow, multiverse. Oh, I was thinking of the, oh yeah, uh, the, the shadow the, realm. Yeah, when it gets yeah, uh, the sh- black and white, when we go into a, a Smashing Pumpkins video. That that was shot, that that was shot really well. It felt very uh, Zack Snyder-y. Yeah. So, I mean, cool. with, with that, in those moments, especially when, when they're captured by gore, that was probably my, my favorite section with... Uh, with Christian Bale. Otherwise, you know, he wasn't, it didn't feel like he was around much. Because he wasn't. I mean, that's the thing. You know, we see his introduction. Then we just hear things about him, basically. And then, you know, Thor is on uh, on, on an adventure vacation, basically, for some amount of time with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then, uh, you know, eventually they get this, uh, you know, this, this, this uh, what is it, distress call or something. And Thor goes off to a... Uh, you know, to figure out, uh, to, to, you know, to, to figure out what's going on with Gore and everything. And then somewhere in here, like, that's the other thing, too. It's like, OK, so Thor goes back to Asgard on Earth, new Asgard, to warn them that this Gore guy is out there killing gods. So uh, they are all technically gods, I guess, of, of some kind. So I guess are all Asgardians gods, I guess, in a, in a, the MCU has been really, really bad about, about differentiating. Yeah, like, what are gods? Are they aliens? Do you like the whole nine realms thing that is discussed in the first couple Thor films? That almost like you could just basically just throw that away at this point. That that really doesn't matter. Not only that, but then it, then we have some gods that are apparently just like actual gods, like we know, like Zeus that we see in this movie. Who we'll get to that. But then you have other gods, like okay, so how do we jive Icarus as an eternal with Icarus in Greek mythology? Because Icarus the Eternal is basically a fucking android in the MCU, and it seems Zeus is not that kind of god. And we can't forget Bao, god of Bao buns. Oh, yeah, that was funny, but that also was... kind of... <laughs> yeah, like, stuff like that, it, like, it hits, but it also takes... That's what's hard about this movie, because, like, the plot line between Jane having cancer and, you know, the whole, the whole thing where her turning into the Mighty Thor uh, actually is killing her human body, which is a story from the comics. Uh, and then, and then gore going around and killing everyone. I mean, this is like heavy, heavy shit. And I felt like it never felt as heavy as it should be a, cause they never really gave it the time to feel that heavy, you know, gore, we get introduced to him and then suddenly he's gone on a rampage that we never really see. We just hear about, uh, and then Jane, you know, they hadn't been together in like a bunch of movies and suddenly she's there with cancer and yeah, you, you feel for her, but it's also like, what like you like you know you guys haven't been a thing for i, I think jane was snapped too they don't really sna- say it but she's like oh because thor's like it's been eight years she's like really i thought it was three or four so maybe she was snapped maybe that's part of it and maybe she just came back from the snap i don't really know um but the idea that i mean it really seemed like and then they show they show us everything they show us everything to have it make sense they show us how basically jane wrote him a note while he was in the dark world and then or whatever maybe and came back and and broke up or whatever uh and then we get the explanation for what becomes the explanation for why uh, why Mjolnir. So basically, Mjolnir is like a museum piece in New Asgard now. You just now. can't say Mjolnir. No, I can't. Mjolnir is this museum piece in New Asgard with all the broken pieces where it was broken uh, by Hela in Hella. Ragnarok. And uh, then I guess Jane is dying of cancer. She hears Mjolnir call to her or something, and she goes all the way to New Asgard and looks at it, and then we see some thunder, and then next time we see her, she's fucking Thor, and and there's no there's no training wheels, there's no that's the other thing too. We don't really get much. There's a little bit of it, but there's not much of like Jane adjusting to be a Thor. Uh, of Jane, you know, there's the awkwardness that, of her. That's that's a Marvel thing when when female side characters suddenly find Disney themselves thing. of yeah. powers. It's a Disney. It's a thing. Ray. It's Ray. When, you know, 
Yeah, when female characters, particularly side characters, suddenly find themselves with powers, bam. They, they know how to do everything. They're perfect at everything they're going to do. And they discover new abilities or tools that the actual hero doesn't have. And then the hero immediately concedes that the female counterpart is is better. Right. And that, you know, they, the they weren't journey. as... Here, again, yeah. we talked about this you know, before in, in several form, forums. This this was only brought back by the fact that as I, I think they wanted to elevate Thor's, you know, Jane's mightiness as the mighty Thor to counterbalance the fact that every time she does that, she's dying a little bit. And, and I think that's one of the things that I, I, I will give the Jane story arc a, a bit of credit for, because you've got like this. um this thing going on of many heroes you see a little bit in Eternals and and some of the others where it's just like they begrudgingly become heroic and they begrudgingly do heroic things whereas Jane knowingly does heroic things because they are heroic and she does so with the full knowledge that each time she becomes the mighty Thor that's you know that that's a bit of her life being taken away as she's already in like that final inch of the wick. So with that, you know, I, I would I wouldn't call her necessarily a prime example of the victim's journey, but what I will say was that it was a hero's journey that didn't really matter until the end. And when she does die, it's a sad death, especially when Thor goes over and he's like, "You've already won, Gore. I'm gonna spend my last few moments with her." And that is that is one of those moments where it's like, you know, Jane, Jane is genuinely heroic. And uh, that that didn't bother me as much of, of all the times that they've done this. Nothing, no, nothing, nothing upsets me in this film as much as what they did with Pepper Potts at the end of Iron Man 3 and then in Avengers Endgame. Well, you knew where she where had she's just, extremist powers and suddenly yeah. we never talked about it again. <laughs> And the one time she's in the rescue armor, she's she's fighting against Thanos's army. I mean, she should have like flown into a freaking canyon. It took Tony like a whole film to get used to that. She probably might have seen that in the you know off screen in the five years. I'm not not gonna give I'm not gonna give it credit. At least we didn't see the fucking Iron Iron Daughter or whatever the five year old fighting Thanos. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't put it past Disney to to do to do this kind of thing. No, I thought the the storyline with Jane was was done well. I think that was. Running my favorite running theme of the movie, um, and and I, I really think Natalie Portman did a fantastic job as Jane. I would have I would have focused more on her for this one. I mm-hmm. felt like if you were gonna do this, this probably should have been probably more screen time, definitely for Christian Bale, but more development time for Natalie Portman's Mighty Thor because when she is on, she's there's a lot of there's a lot of like talking exposition. And I feel like you, I, I would have rather of them shown, not told. Whereas if Thor, they, they spend a lot of time reminding you of where he's been. And it's like that that was done in the beginning of the film. You don't need to constantly remind me. Yeah, and I, I think that this movie suffers from what a lot of Marvel movies suffer from. Sometimes it, sometimes it lands and it all kind of works. Like I think in Multiverse of Madness, it did kind of work. Tying a few different things together, the introduction of America Chavez, the idea of the multiverse, uh, the Illuminati, like it seems like too much, but they, they are able to do it in a way that feels I, I never felt like Multiverse of Madness was out of whack. 
But I mean, I, and I think here they tried to cram in the whole Jane Mighty Thor storyline along with a bunch of other stuff, along with the gore thing. And the gore thing just never got to develop. It was like we heard him about him killing gods and suddenly he's attacking uh, new Asgard and, and stealing kids. And we never get to see why we hear why. Yes, we see him use the Necrosword. We see that it's, you know, it has these powers or whatever. We just never get to see like the depravity of gore. And I think a lot of the problem here is, is to like this character is so well-developed in the comics that anybody that goes in from knowing that will see how undeveloped he is in the movie. And it's almost like they're just, they're supposed to tell us, Hey, this is gore. You know him from the comics, take everything you knew from the comics and paste it onto this movie. Cause we're not going to bother to develop that. So I, and, and I can imagine what I think of go as gore and paste him into this, but they didn't, they didn't give us that. They didn't show us that. Um, and I think that's, that's the biggest lack of the biggest problem with this movie is how underdeveloped the villain is. And you have fucking Christian Bale. My God, develop that shit. I mean, this is one of the best actors around, and you just didn't give him all that much. I feel like for what we he, they gave him, which again, I don't think it's really Christian Bale's fault, even though he's never seen a Marvel movie before, except for the one where the purple guy is looking for like diamonds or whatever. Yeah. Rocks. Um, but yeah, I, I, you just you get this actor, and you just don't give him a lot to do. You don't give him a lot of, of character development. You don't even give him that many scenes. And... I, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's my big criticism of the movie. Um, why don't we get into more important things, though? What do you think of... What did you think of Russell Crowe as Zeus? Wasted. I mean, that, that was another performance where... Did they make him it fat? Was just, or is um, that what Russell, Russell Crowe looks like now? I think that's just I was, Russell Crowe. I was literally like, all I heard... Man, it's been a while. It's been a while since dude, Gladiator. I, know. I, I heard he was in this, and I was literally expecting Russell Crowe from Gladiator. That's what I was expecting. Instead, we get this like Italian, like like fucking Super Mario, like comedy character. Which it, it was, it was just off. And I mean, in, in the comics, you, you don't see a lot of Zeus, but Zeus is taken seriously. And in this one, they it felt like they were making him basically like the 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 Grandmaster from Ragnarok. And it's just like you don't you don't bring in. Russell Crowe to do that. Um, he, his, his whole thing, he, he, he could have gotten any actor to do that. And if you made them perform that way, it still would have been a bad take on the character. And, and I mean, Russell Crowe, I just, I, I don't know why he, other than money, because let's just always assume it always oh, yeah. goes to money. I don't, I don't understand how this, Zoom, so I'm sure it's just a job for him. No, I mean the the one the one the one casting that has gotten some people a bit like irked, other than the misuse of these really good actors, is uh at the end of the film the in in the second post credit we see that Zeus is actually alive, and that's another thing. It's like if you're gonna strike him through the heart with his own thunderbolt, you might as well. well that's the other thing him. that bothered me too. I mean, it's it's like, thing. hold on, this whole thing that that Thor and um, Valkyrie and Korg and uh, Mighty Thor, um, Jane are. They're all going to, I forget. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What they call the place, the Hall of Omni City, which is stupid. Omni City, that's, that's terrible. Anyway, um, yeah. but they it go there terrible. because they want to enlist Zeus's help 
in stopping Gore the God Butcher. And by the time they leave, they just killed the top God. We, 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 hold your whole thing is stopping this guy from killing gods. They're doing Gore's and you job kill a for God? him. I mean, yes, it turns out he's not really dead. But And I thought he was just killed so easily the way that they he just just one thing with that lightning strike. Now, again, it turned out that he wasn't really dead. Um, whatever. But it just seemed like a it seems so throwaway. And, and for someone who I guess I think what they were going for is like. Zeus is this is this is a Zeus who has been re- been resting on his laurels for years. He's been riding on his name. He's gotten fat. He cares more about orgies than battle. And, you know, that that's what they're going for. But it was just it was very it just very felt very off to me because it's just because I was not expecting this take on Zeus. I think that's Taika Waititi trying to make everything funny. That's that's what his thing is. He wants everything to be funny, even when it should be grave. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I liked. I, I will credit him with one thing, and I don't know if this was a Taika Waititi pick or if this was a studio casting, but in that second uh, post-credit scene, which you see that Zeus is alive and that he wants to seek vengeance on Thor for embarrassing him and everything, um, they got the the guy from Ted Lasso. I forget. I forget the actor's name. I forget the character's name. I only saw a few episodes of it. They they get the angry soccer player, and they cast him as Hercules. Now, some people saw that and they were like, that dude's not buff enough. I don't recognize. That I guy see that. If, if you watch I Ted Lasso, um, he is uh, he, he is the angry um, soccer player that's always telling people to fuck off. I saw that having seen him in that and a few other things. And I'm like, I could see this guy playing Hercules. And, and I think that's the one thing that I am looking forward to in the next Thor film, because this is obviously setting up. Which, for by a the way, neither Taika Waititi it, nor Chris Hemsworth know anything about there. They said they were watching the movie and then saw that Thor will return. And they were like, what the fuck? We, we don't have any contracts about this. Like, we'd like, but apparently that's, that's in the plans. Then, 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 then why film that, that last scene? I mean, they, they obviously know. They, they obviously know. So, you know, I, I, I thought the casting of that guy, um, I, I, I feel bad because if I feel I always feel stupid complimenting somebody whose name I don't remember. But, um, you know, so, some people are like, oh, he's not jacked enough. But it's like I, I remember the scenes I saw him in in Ted Lasso. And I could imagine this guy being like a super serious, like angry. Worry, he'll, get, he'll get computer muscles. That's, he'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, he'll get he'll get those Zachary Levi Shazam muscles, <laughs> at least the, the pillows stuffed under the spandex. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember what they did to the Indian dudes from Eternals? Like he goes from being like, you know, a comedian on TV to being like super jacked. It's like if they did that to him, they could do it to this guy. And this guy's already, uh, you know, in pretty good shape. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I've, I've always wanted to see Hercules. If people go ahead and go on Patreon and listen to um, any of my Remso versus the MCU seasons, I've always said that I would love to see Hercules introduced. In fact, um, about a year ago when I was doing predictions for the Eternals film, I said one of the best things they could probably do is introduce Hercules as a supporting character. Um, to either be an ally or an enemy of the Eternals. I've, I've always loved Hercules as part of the Avengers in the comics. I always thought that they would have introduced him a little bit earlier now, but better late than ever. If you wanted to introduce new characters um, for Phase 4, or at least tease them, you know, obviously I don't think anything can get above Blade. Mahershala Ali is totally going to kill it. We only, we only hear his voice at the end of Eternals, but that was enough to solidify Blade is coming to the MCU. Um, you know, actually showing us Hercules is is way better. I, I didn't know who Harry Styles was before. Um, you know, the end of Eternals. I had to 
I had to ask my wife who Harry Styles is, and I was like, he's Star Fox, he's Star Fox in the MCU. But you know, other than Blade, I am very excited to see that Hercules is coming. I've always right. liked. Well, that. I could care less about Hercules personally, but there's a couple couple other things <laughs> I want to touch on. Then we'll talk about how the movie, how they ended the movie, uh, and and that whole thing. But uh, two other things uh, on my list anyway. Uh, number one, Korg. Just enough or too much Korg? I, I too agree. Much. They I, they killed it. It's not. It wasn't funny halfway yeah, through I mean, like, anymore. It wasn't cute. It was just uh, Korg and Ragnarok hits perfectly. But he's, if you're really, if, when you rewatch it, I, I recently rewatched Ragnarok. I mean, he, his lines are very sparse and that's why they kind of hit every time. Whereas now like they got Korg as like the narrator and like he's in the whole movie and it's just, it is too much Korg. I think uh, um, a, a character like that. And I think this is just like Taika Waititi made himself Korg because he wanted to put himself in the movies. And so I'm sure that is a factor now that he has more license and he was so successful with Ragnarok, he can get away with putting more of himself in the movie, essentially. Um, and I, I love the character of Korg. I think it hits on all, all cylinders, but too, it's too much of a good thing. It's like too, I feel like we had too much Groot, maybe too, not in this, but like, you know, I, I think we're, we're starting to get that vibe that, that they're going to go that way with like too much Groot in Guardians too. So I, I just, characters like that need to have their lines be few and far between because that's how you keep them fresh. But when you make them in the whole movie, it's just too much for me. Um, and then another one, Screaming Goats, Screaming Flying Goats. What did you think? I loved it. Too. I loved it. Very I loved Walt it. Simonson I was walking out of the Walt Simonson door to me. I, I was walking out of the theater and uh, I looked at my wife and I was just she she's looking at me. She's like, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "I need to know the goats are <laughs> oh, okay." Wait, yeah, there is another <laughs> item I want to uh, get your opinion on. What do you think of something you have been critical of in other MCU movies? Basically, uh, you might call it the magic carpeting of inanimate objects. We saw it with uh, Doctor Strange and his uh, and the cape. And now in this movie, we saw it. Oh, we see it both hammer. with Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, where they both are basically acting sentient, like Thor is, you know, getting all cozy and sentimental with them. And it's all, it's all. Do you think that was too much? Yeah. That was stupid. Yeah, that was absolutely too much. That was stupid. I didn't like it when they introduced that. It's like the, the hammers that this is coming out of nowhere and it's only for the sake of comedy. It's like, I, I, you know, making Thor into a comedy character. I don't remember who I said this to. Maybe maybe I said it on Twitter, but like Chris Hemsworth is in the Roger Moore phase of his own franchise. It's like, you know, Thor one and two is like the Sean Connery era. And then you have Ragnarok, which is like, you know, uh, Roger Moore's live and let die. It's part comedy. It's part action. Now we're full on into like, you know, Moonraker. We're just with getting James Bond in now, space. Yeah. The, the fact that Thor is now talking to his hammers is just it, it, it's stupid. It, it, like you can only cram so much in this film. If you're going to have bow, the, the god of bow buns, don't have him talk to his hammers, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so and then what did you think of Thor basically imbuing the power of Thor into all these children during that like final battle scene before uh, Gore kind of gets away? But there, you know, they he basically you know, Gore captures the kids that which is an obvious just to lure Thor in there because he wants to get Stormbreaker so that he can use Stormbreaker uh, Stormbreaker's rainbow bridge powers to open this door to find eternity who will grant whoever finds eternity one wish. Now, I don't know if you were thinking the same thing, but I'm like, wait a minute. If we can just go get one wish from eternity, this all seems easier than let's see collecting infinity uh, stones, the whole time travel um, stuff. Time travel, Book of Ashanti. Yeah, um, chasing, <laughs> chasing a, a, a girl, a, a teenage uh, lesbian girl across multiple realities to, to you know, the, the Book of Ashanti. I mean, oh, this whole time we could have just gone to be the first person to get to eternity and we just get whatever the fuck. Anyway, 
Yeah, it's it's not like they it's not like it's something they discovered. It's like uh, an open secret that they yeah, all the, knew the about. MCU and it's just is like this with is Deus Ex Machina, uh, and, and, and literally in this case, um, what uh, what did you think of of the use of eternity here? I, I gotta say, as much as like I might criticize that it's just another you know snap your fingers thing, it, it is it was cool to see that character uh, visualized in film for the first time. What was he really though? Yeah. I mean, he's just like you could have gotten the cardboard cut out. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even hear. I don't even think you heard him talk or anything, right? It was just gore. Yeah. Something like that. It was just, yeah, no, he, he yeah, so, so the final battle, basically, you know, in the first round with gore, um, she is able, Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman, mighty Thor, uh, is able to help Thor, uh, get break away from, uh, from gore, but gore is able to get Stormbreaker on the way uh, as they're sort of rainbow bridging out. So now he's got Stormbreaker, and Thor's got to go back to stop this thing. And and and, and Jane wants to come, but you know, now they realize that this is killing her. Becoming Thor is killing her. Um, her body is just using too much. Her human body is using too much, and it's 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 really um, making her cancer just go along at a, at a rapid pace. So Thor like makes her promise, like, "Don't come join me. You're gonna die. Let me go do this." Of course. We know how these things often turn out. She does, in fact, come and save Thor in the end and um, is going to end up dying. And they basically lose like like Gore defeats them. Uh, and like you said, he tells Gore, like, I'm going to spend you one. I'm going to spend these last few minutes with her, whatever. And instead of wishing for all the gods to die, Thor just says one line to him. He says, like, you needed love. You, you know, you, you, it's not all this death isn't going to help you. It's love you were looking for. And that's when, you know, Gore, you know, it's that it's kind of that Disney thing of the villain. Here's the one line. That's the interesting thing I'm seeing about these, 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 um, Disney MCU films lately. They're trying to redeem the villains at the end. Like every time they did the same thing with Scarlet, Witch. she's a horrible villain the whole time, but then she kind of real sees her kids has a revelation, destroys the book of Ashanti. And I guess we'll forgive her later. I'm sure when she appears again, and it seems like they, they, after all, now maybe that's why they didn't show how depraved and horrible Gore was this whole time. They, they keep they keep trying to make it seem like there's complexity to villainy, but Marvel has Never. always been terrible yeah, exactly. at that. The only the only villain I think they actually tried pulling that off with was yeah. Thanos. But then for every Thanos you can pull off, sometimes you have to remember some people are just freaking evil, and that's what I liked about you know like Spider Man No Way Home. Norman Osborn will always be the Green Goblin. He will always be evil. No matter what you try and do, even when you try and redeem him, he will kill people that you love. And it's like, even if you try and separate Norman from the Green Goblin, this person is still a giant threat that you can't underestimate. And when they try and, you know, go go for complex, they usually fail more often than they succeed. The only people I can really think of really pulling that off are like Baron Zemo in Captain America Winter Soldier and that's about it. That's really it. Thanos. I, I I still play Zemo, but Thanos is my favorite MCU villain. But um, you know, they they try and do the same thing of Killmonger, and I hate it when people are like, "Oh, you know, Killmonger's you know, it's it's all about perspective." It's like, no, he's not. He's a black supremacist. <laughs> he's a terrorist and a murderer. He's a racist. He's he's a bad person. You can try and add complexity to him, but all it does is just show that he is a bad person. Marvel doesn't like showing who bad people are anymore. Yeah, well, uh, I I think that it is interesting too because with now that they actually have villains that could be great villains because it was the big MCU problem in the beginning that they just had very generic villains. Every villain is like 
Yeah, you got Darren Cross as the Wasp versus Ant Man. You got uh, what's his name against Iron Man? It's, uh, it's Abomination against Hulk. It's all just like the mirror bad guy image, very generic, at least in that the first uh, round in the early days of the MCU. And now we have these potentially amazing villains. Like I, I think that's my biggest disappointment of this film is that they just really dropped the ball with Gore. They had a perfect storyline already written in the comics. They have the maybe the perfect actor you could think of to play a, a character like this, and they just didn't do a lot with it. They just kind of assumed the villainy. And then without even giving us that much to assume, you know, without showing it to us, we, we get him flip on the dime in, in the last minute just because Thor said you really need love. And he saw that, you know, Thor was with his love and chose, you know, love or whatever. I mean, it's it's fine. It's a it's a Disney twist ending. But I just think for that for that kind of character progression to happen in one second, it's just like just at that last moment, he says, all right, instead of wishing for God to die. So this is basically what happened. They, she convinces Thor Gore that no none of this is going to bring your daughter back, but you could actually bring your daughter back now that you have this one wish. Um, again, it's like the genie in the thing. It's like a little Disney. Like, like that's a little other thing I don't love about using eternity this way. That's not eternity. This was a giant like, waste of eternity. eternity is this most powerful creature representing the, all, all the universe. And they grant a wish. Like they're the fucking genie. Like that's kind of lame to me. And, and that's not a use of eternity ever in the comics. Um, so I didn't love that. And I didn't love that, you know, just without any character progression. You, you, eternity is ambivalent towards existence in the comics. uh, I mean, eternity doesn't see humanity more than like we see ants or germs. Like we know they're there. We just don't care. So, I mean, that's, that's basically how it wraps up. And so, so Gore does, of course, you know, had changed his heart and she's like, well, she's going to be alone. And then Natalie Portman, and there's the theme here because now there have been references like Thor possibly wanting to be a dad and things like that. She says, no, he'll take care of him. And okay, that's fine. But like, hold on. This entire movie, we learned that Gore hates and distrusts gods, blames them for her daughter's death. And then in one second of character progression decides not only am I going to not kill the gods, I'm going to bring my daughter back and have her be raised by a god. The very thing that I've spent this whole movie hating. Uh, So that is just... It was just a little too far to me for me without even seeing the, the character progression to get there. Um, that being said, that is basically how the, the movie wraps up where Thor. Now that now we finally get the title through Korg's narration. Um, they are known as love and thunder. Love is the name of the child um, of, of Gore's child that Thor is now raising. And they are now basically he's doing what he was doing with the guardians. He's just traveling the galaxy, sort of helping people out. Um, only he's doing it now with his, his super powered laser. eye beamed uh, daughter love. What did you think about that? This ending? Renzo? Uh, I, I, I could, you know, you can end it now. You can just end the, you can just end the character. I mean, I, I don't feel like, wh- where do you go after this? I feel like if, um, I, I really thought they were going to start something like really new. Get Bill in here it does feel, yeah. I mean, I felt like while they were going to use this to launch like a brand new era of Thor, I felt like this was more of like an epilogue in the same way No Way Home was to a end game than it was starting something new. Um, I, I, I genuinely saw that and I was like, you know, what? if you want to bow tie this franchise, this is how you do it. Just just end it here, because if this is if this is what you're going to give us and it's lower than it's drastically lower than what the expectations were, I still don't hate it. But what would really bother me is if you think this is what we want more of. And it isn't. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess so. I, I'm I'm okay with them. I, I'm okay with Thor's arc ending 
you know, on a lighter note than like Iron Man, so it's not like they they're gonna kill him. But like you know, this is you can you can end it now. Yeah. Well, I, uh, apparently they're not going to because they did tell us uh, again that Thor will return, and we got Thor will and we return. got a teaser in yeah. the post credits, like Remzo mentioned, where uh, it seems that Hercules has been tasked by his father Zeus to avenge himself and go after Thor. I think it was Thor, and I think they kind of like implied that it was like a, a war against heroes like yeah Superheroes so maybe that general. will be in there is a though gods and humans has been a big thing in this phase four between the eternals now it's been confusing because it's different every time the eternals the gods we see here um the gods in moon Knight. now supposedly in moon Knight, there was originally a line in there about them having to deal with gore so this is supposed to be at the same time i, I wish they did that because it would have like added more gravity and more interconnectivity to this stuff um but yeah we and we didn't get any, any references to any of those gods here too although we do see the panther god i think in that one scene uh, of all the gods as well as like all these egyptian gods so they are tying those gods in together what's confusing is how like the eternals fits into this because now were the eternals posing as some of the gods or were they just making up guy i mean it's very because look there's there's athena who's an eternal but then there's zeus but in the mythology these are all interacting characters so is zeus a real god interacting with these i mean whatever i don't think i'm supposed to overthink this but this just follow. This just follows the biggest criticism of Phase Four. It doesn't take itself too seriously. When it does, it fails. Nothing feels too connected, and they're starting to run up into you know to errors in their own continuity. Yeah, indeed. So why don't we wrap this up with some scores? How are you going to grade this thing? And uh, maybe give a guess, if not an exact number. It's not that long ago that we ranked all of the MCU movies. So uh, I'm not going to ask you to break it down scientifically, but where would you see inserting this uh, in your list? I'm going to give this, uh, uh, you know, let's do a score out of five. Wait, why are we I'm doing giving out of five? this film. Everything out of 10. How are we suddenly doing things out of five? Out of 10. Okay. I'm going to give, I'm going to give this a, uh, a, a, a 5.5 wow. out of 10. Like, I don't that hate it. That sounds like you hate I don't it. I hate think it. have very different ideas about what these things are. If, if I hate it, I'm That's giving like it more F. like... That's an F. You're giving it an F. I, I gave... No, I gave Eternals an F. I'm giving this a D wow. plus. That sounds like you hate um, it. Okay, so I'll, I'll give it like a 6 <laughs> if we're going to do that. But, like, I, I, I would put this in, like, the lower the lower 20s. Wow. I mean, this is not... Well, that's the end of the, the list. This is that's not... The, the, yeah. the, the, the list ends in the lower 20s. I mean, you can you can rank yeah. it that level. I mean, d- depending depending how I stack it, it's either in the late teens or, or early twenties. But it's not it, it's it's not touching it's not touching you know one through fifteen. Yeah. Like it's just man. On our, our our benches, our, our list is so deep. I had on my list, I had Guardians two as my number fifteen, um, and I definitely wouldn't put this above that. Let's see, like Avengers, Ant Man and the Wasp. It might be in Ant Man and the Wasp territory. I would I would put it like right there. I'd put it above Captain Marvel oh, yeah, for sure. and under and under. It's Ant quite Man obviously. And the Wasp. I'd it's watch a, that to again. me. It's de- I'll tell you once it's definitely above just because it is fun. I, I will say despite our criticism. I mean, it's fun. The comedy mostly does hit and the movie flies. So it's not like it's it's an easy watch. So I could definitely see this as like a background watch movie. I can just toss on anytime. Um, I think I definitely liked it more than Ant-Man. Uh, obviously, both original Thor movies, Thor and Thor of the Dark World. It's better than Iron Man 2. It's better than Eternals. It's better than Captain Marvel. It's better than Far From Home. Whew. It's and then and then things get iffy. Yeah, and then then it's a question. I think so. It would probably rank in my 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 mid to late teens. I, I would say on uh, on first analysis, definitely not as high. Def, definitely higher than the first two for me, but nowhere near Ragnarok, which just which just it hit on it hit the comedy and the and the sort of the seriousness in in the right way in Ragnarok. And here I think they they. 
used, they utilized too much comedy in favor of, at the expense of the seriousness of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, a number. I, I think that's. I'll I give think it a that's seven. A that's like a C. Yeah, seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's about it, Remzo. What, what, what else well, are we going to be reviewing soon? What, what other movies or what's the next thing? Because there's not actually. I was looking. There's not a ton of MCU. Oh, coming. Black Adam. I, I, I'm, I'm done with the MCU for I this year in terms I think of like is excitement. The only thing left, and then the Guardians Christmas special. Unless there's something I'm missing. I don't think there's any more movies. I, I, I think that's it. Like you know, I think, I think Marvel has run its course for 2022. Other than those, uh, th- those Disney Plus uh, specials and the show that's coming up, I, I am all in for um, Black Adam, which comes out in October, and Shazam: A Fury of the Gods shortly after that. I think where Marvel has. Uh, taking a lot of goodwill from Far From Home coming out at the end of 2021 through uh, 2022 in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Thor and Miss Marvel and and some of the other stuff, even with the issues that people are already having of She-Hulk right now. Um, I think Marvel has kind of soured that goodwill and DC is going to come up and uh, pick up the pieces. So. All right, well, time will tell and you can rest assured that Remzoa and I will be bringing you all the news and all of our thoughts on those, those movies and uh, everything else that comes out uh, in the comic book world Right here every Friday on the SPC Newsroom. Tell your friends, share with your friends. If you are uh, if you are listening to the Second Print Comics podcast on the North South Connection, which means you wouldn't even be hearing this show there. So I don't know why I'm telling you, but anyway, this show does not appear on the North North South Connection feed. Uh, this is exclusively in the Second Print Comics podcast feed. Uh, that being said, I'm excited for next week. Remzo will be looking at the original Eastman and Laird Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this coming Wednesday on uh, SPC proper. As always, folks, remember, if there's one thing to do, it's short, sweet, simple, and you don't even have to ask eternity for it. It's read comics. Let's talk. Change the world. That, too. Good night, America. Adios. Be sure to leave the show a five-star rating and review and support the crew at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.